Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to episode six of Sports for Dummies podcast with me, Hope Ellen, and the wonderful Lewis Pierce. This podcast is for you if you love all things sport and you're an expert like Lewis, or if you're a bit of a dummy like me. Lewis, how's your week been? Hope it has been good, thank you. Quite eventful, if I'm honest. Um, quite a lot has gone down. I'll ask you, though, how has your week been? And then we can get rolling. It's been a bit of a meh, but we're remaining positive. <laughs> That's all right. That's okay. Same <laughs> as mine. Uh, <laughs> I've got a so, lot of um, hormones floating around, Lewis, if I'm honest, this week. So I'm, I'm uh, really battling with that at the moment. Yeah. Right. Like, luckily, no, last understand. night I had some chocolate, so I'm feeling a little bit better. Always. Chocolate always solves problems, Hope. Always, always solves problems. So, Hope, someone in my flat has COVID. Um, so oh, no. we've all, yes, unfortunately, we found out on Tuesday evening. Um, am I telling fibs? No, sorry, Tuesday afternoon. So we then had kind of Lewis, all had don't fib about the time of day. That's no. the worst fib you can tell. I know, and all the listeners, it's going to impact so many people listening. So <laughs> as you can tell, it's been a long old week, Hope. Been a long old week. We've got deadlines, things going on. Yes, unfortunately, someone in our flat has COVID. Um, so we've been... We've basically been not isolating, but obviously been kind of taking shelter in our own little rooms. We've go out to the kitchen when we can, but it has been quite strange, like knowing that, you know, someone else you live with, a bit like you said with your dad a couple of weeks ago, you know, living with somebody who has COVID is a really weird feeling because you just, you know, you're hoping you don't get it, but you also want to make sure that the person's okay and that they're not alone. Um, but a very weird feeling. So it's quite eerie in the flat at the moment because often people will go and cook like, you know, our communal space is, is our kitchen and hanging out in the corridors and stuff. And there is nobody. It's like, it's empty. It's really, really bizarre. Yeah, at least your friend, the cupboard, is there. <laughs> yeah, he's all right. He's <laughs> hanging in. No one's going to touch him now because no one's in the kitchen. So. <laughs> there you go. I mean, COVID seems to be just going a bit mental again. My uh, my little baby niece has got COVID at the moment. Oh, bless her. So that's, been a, that's been a big, big worry because she's only one. Um, mm. And although my other niece and nephew, they had it. Um, my nephew's six and my niece is four. There's so many of them. It's hard to keep track. And when they, <laughs> when they were positive, they were fine. They were literally right. running around like normal. But the baby has been snotty and coffee and she's been really clingy. So that's been a little bit of a worry. But hopefully she's coming out the other end of it now. But it is scary mm. still. 
Oh, absolutely. And the fact that it's still going on, you know, we're 18 months down the line or whatever it is, and people are still getting COVID. And now you can be aged one or aged 91 and you can get COVID. I mean, it's not, you know, I even read a case this week. Hasn't the first, the first dog got COVID or something? It was like, you know, yeah, I'm pretty sure I read something on the news somewhere. We can go and find it. That The first dog, there's now a dog officially that has COVID. I know there was a cat previously. Yeah, look, the first dog, a dog has tested positive for COVID. This was on the 11th of November. The first of its kind in the UK caught it from its owner i mean it's just it's bonkers absolutely bonkers we're going to be talking about a man called kevin sinfield rugby league legend kevin sinfield is currently a defense coach at leicester tigers he completed a run hope on tuesday that lasted well actually it was monday into tuesday that was 101 miles long in 24 hours so he ran for 24 hours he ran for 24 hours straight he ran from the Leicester Tigers Rugby Stadium, all the way to the Leeds Rugby Stadium in Headingley. Now, this was in aid of motor neurons disease. So a really, really amazing story and an even better guy. So it actually was in aid of his former teammate and close friend called Rob Burrow. So Rob actually was diagnosed with motor neurons disease back in 2019 and is now in a wheelchair, unfortunately. Kevin has done all sorts of things over the years. I mean, he's an absolutely incredible athlete. And the fact as well that he's a retired rugby player and he ran 101 miles. I mean... When you watch the clip of him at the end, like he can literally barely move. I can't run one mile. I'm not even joking. I yeah. can't. No. And it, Without he stopping. Did, he did 101. So to put that into perspective, Hope, that is four back-to-back marathons in one day. And he raised over <sighs> one million pounds. I know. So like that, that's the intensity of this. It wasn't as if he did, you know, one day and stopped and rested and kept going. He's actually done quite a few things like this before Hope. He actually, in December 2020, he raised more than 2.7 million pounds. He ran seven marathons in seven days. So that, I mean, that in itself is a bonkers achievement. So he's actually, so as I said, so this is for his close friend, Rob Burrow, who has, has been diagnosed with motor neurons disease. And it was quite clever how they split the run up. So the run was split into seven kilometer segments and they were each completed within an hour. So he ran for he basically ran the seven kilometers in an hour stopped and then kept going so he basically did like a continuous run but didn't wasn't effectively on his feet for 24 hours so he could stop for brief periods but i mean just an incredible incredible achievement and what a way to raise money for motor neurons disease as well yeah absolute legend i bet he needs to drink loads of salt now yeah, well, actually, you know, at the end of the run, Hope, honestly, BBC did an interview with him. And when you listen to him speak, he literally is like, I don't think I'll ever, you know, it's as if he's never going to run again because his body is just, They, I think on average, I can't remember the, the exact numbers, but there is a stat that says somewhere like for every one mile you run for a marathon, I think you have to take one day off. So I think for marathon runners, roughly, you do like, because you run for 25, 26 miles, you take 26 days off, give or take. It's something like that. I, I don't know ah. one quoting on that. Yeah, there you go. Fun fact. So a lot of marathon runners actually will keep doing light exercise, but won't properly train because obviously it has such an effect on your body. You can only imagine what this will do to him internally. But actually, of course, all for charity, which is an amazing cause. Well done, Kevin. Come on, Kevin. Absolute legend. Over one million pounds raised. And please know, everybody, if you'd like to donate to the motor neurons disease um, donation. So it's actually being split up. Half of it is going to the Motor Neurons Disease Association and the other half of the money that's being raised is going to the Leeds Hospital Charity Appeal. So if you'd like to donate, please do. We'll leave a link in the bio below. On to sports story number two today, Hope. And it's important to start for all listeners listening. 
this topic is going to be sensitive. Some We're going to talk about some quite serious things, so listening discretion is advised. And if you'd like to skip through this, we absolutely understand that. I'd like to acknowledge and say as well, on behalf of me and Hope, this story was actually breaking news while we were recording last week. So when this interview was going on, when this hearing was taking place, we were actually recording, so we didn't manage to talk about it. We're talking about it now um, with more news kind of breaking about it. So we're going to discuss now. So Hope, today we're going to be discussing stuff about Azim Rafiq, the cricket player. Mm-hmm. Lots of things in the news about this. Absolutely. So Azim, last week on Tuesday, he actually shared an emotional testimony about his experience within racism in cricket. And the testimony he gave was really extraordinary and something that I think is so important to talk about yeah. in cricket and actually highlights racism across sports. So Azim actually has basically come out and he was talking about, he was talking to the DC. MS, which is the Digital Culture Media and Sports Select Committee in Parliament. So he was talking about the the racism he'd experienced in cricket and the pain in his voice when he was sharing his testimony and what he'd been through and the things he'd suffered and experienced was heartbreaking. And there's it no was. denying that. Yeah. And the fact that he had they had to pause for five minutes due to the pain that he was feeling and the fact that he was so emotional and upset, I think just highlights the fact that this is such an important issue. And the fact that this has been going on and has not been spoken about for so many years underlines entirely that racism within cricket is a massive, massive problem and it needs to be addressed now. So this has kind of been rolling on hope for a number of years. This is not a short term thing. This is not a thing that's been happening, say, for a couple of weeks. So there was one racist incident. Azim testified and explained throughout the course and the duration of the hearing all of the things he'd suffered for racism. And the thing that shocked me the most was the amount of people that were involved that were either part of something or were a witness but didn't stand up for him. And the amount of things he'd actually experienced, even as a teenager, you know, one thing that he recalled, which I think really, really moved me, aged 15 at his local cricket club, he was pinned down and poured red wine down his throat. So he's a Muslim. And of course, you cannot drink in Islam. The amount of people that he mentioned and spoke about, as I've said, really was remarkable and actually was really eye-opening for me because I think certainly from someone that I certainly haven't been a huge cricket fan for a number of years, I didn't realise the enormity of racism within cricket. And I don't think a lot of people actually had. I think a lot of people had ignored it and hadn't actually thought about it. And then when you listen to his testimony, you realise just the impact that this has had on his life, you know, and he mentioned about the fact that actually at one point in his life, he was very close to taking his own life. Um, and he basically gave an interview, la- the kind of how this has all come about is he gave an interview last year in September 2020 about the institutional racism he encountered at the Yorkshire Cricket Club where he played. Yorkshire launched a formal investigation and into the allegations. And from that point, kind of there's been an investigation. And of course, the hearing then has come about now. But the fact it's taken so many years for this to be highlighted in the media is just, I mean, it's just terrible. Um, We're speaking, obviously, about cricket and racism in sport. But I imagine that he's probably experienced racism. No, I'm sure he probably has. I'm sure he has experienced racism just in daily life anyway. It was eye-opening just how normalised racism and discriminatory comments actually are within cricket, within sports, within general life. I mean, it's remarkable. There's one story he recalls where players at the Yorkshire Cricket Club would actually refer to non-white teammates as Steve or Kevin because they either couldn't pronounce their colleagues' names or they couldn't be bothered. And the fact that that is actually a thing is disgusting. And I can think, I actually can think of football clubs that have done similar things and you hear people say, and that, I mean, it, it literally is, there is, there are no words to describe. And actually 
Yorkshire cricket now is on its knees, and rightly so, absolutely, for the damage it's done to Azim, and I'm sure many other cricketers who have played there who have suffered similar incidences and racism. You know, they've lost all sponsors. They've lost the right to host England games. They've suffered huge reputational damage. People don't want to go there anymore. And there is all sorts of talk saying that, I mean, realistically, the, the entirety of Yorkshire cricket could fall apart entirely. You know, who knows what will happen with the ECB? So they're the people that kind of run cricket. Um, but the fact that the ECB and then the Pro Cricketers Association, which is the PCA, so those two are kind of the heads of cricket, a bit like the FA, like that for cricket. Um, they need to take accountability, you know, and the the executive for, for them has basically said last week that more will be done and that sort of thing. But again, it's all talk, no action. And until action is taken, all of these promises saying we're going to do something, we're going to do something, it's like, we'll go and bloody do something. Like, don't don't keep yeah. saying you're going to do something until you do. Two things. Um, one, when I saw clips of him having talking to the panel with his testimony, one thing that I clocked was that a lot of the people in the panel were white male. Also, has he now retired? Yeah, so he's an ex. And that's why that's why he's doing this. Because not not that's why he's doing this, but I can imagine that he felt as though if he spoke about this before, then he would be at a disadvantage with his career. And no one should ever feel like that. No, I'm, I'm completely with you on that. And I think the fact he's had to wait until he's retired is terrible. What actually, kind of what upset me most, what made me feel worst about the whole thing was the fact that he's not letting his son go anywhere near cricket because of the negative feelings and connotations attached to cricket for him. I think that's terrible. You know, for your son to ask you, oh, dad, what did you do? And you, you have to turn around and say, I played cricket, son, but I was racially abused for X amount of years is absolutely awful. Lewis... What is story number Trez? We're talking about the Champions! <laughs> <laughs> the Champions League! <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do that voice? Because the opening song, it goes, These are the best! And then it goes, it does the whole thing, and then she goes, The Champions! Anyone listening, we're talking about the Champions League. So if that wasn't if that wasn't apparent through my dreadful rendition of the song. Um, we're actually going to talk specifically, Hope, about the big news within football at the moment that's been encompassing men's football, which is the Manchester United manager talks. Oh, right. Bless him. Right? I know things haven't gone well because he's got very good players, but they're not gelling well. We've been saying this, right? Hope he got sacked. Yeah, I know he has. I know he has, Lewis. I was about to get there. Give me a minute. (laughs) But it was was the way that you... I know. I know. All right, okay. I'm I'm shushing. I'm shushing. Jesus. Right. I know. (laughs) But he looked very defeated for a lot of time. Right? And I know he's been sacked now. And my dad always goes, oh, well, they'll have loads of millions anyway. Even though he's been sacked. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. No, right, now I'm, you can now you can say what you yeah, want. I was scared. I was scared to actually speak. Then I was like, um, "Yeah, <laughs> you should be." Yeah, and no, I am. I'm exactly hope. I mean, in fairness to him, I actually think he lost the dressing room a long, long time ago. I don't think he was the man for the job, and. I think a lot of Man United fans would agree with me in saying that realistically, he was never going to win them anything. Not to dis, you know, not to disregard his potential as a manager. I just don't think there are characters in that dressing room like Cristiano Ronaldo, like Bruno Fernandes, who are enormous personalities. And oh, I bet a- Ronaldo's really annoying. Yeah. Oh well. I'm sure that he's a very difficult character to get on with if you don't get on with him. And to be fair, Ronaldo actually loves... Obviously, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a Manchester United legend. He is a club legend. So to sack him was, of course, quite harsh in the sense that a lot of fans were saying that he can't be sacked and that sort of thing. But actually, 
you cannot lose. <laughs> well, you, you can. <laughs> and he has been. And exactly. Hope knows that. Because you can't lose 5-0 to your biggest rivals. You can't lose 4-1 against Watford. It just isn't acceptable. For the, the stature and size of Manchester United and for the ambitions and aims they have every single season, you can't lose games like that and so poorly as well. So it was in truth, it was, a, it was he deserved to go. That's it. Um, I was, it was quite sad though. Even we put our neutral caps on. It was quite sad watching his interview. I don't know if you've seen it, Hope, but once he actually got sacked, he did a very brief interview with Manchester United kind of talking about his time and thanking the fans. And at the end, he actually got emotional and they had to cut the cameras because he, he got he got upset talking about it. You're going to be watching clearly, Ollie. So what would you say to the players ahead of, you know, another big game, which is just a couple of days away in no, uh, Villarreal? It's, as I've, I've, I've said to them uh, this morning as well, you know, Trust yourself. You know we're we're better than this. We we we've not been able to show it. But go out, chest out, enjoy being a Man United player. Champions League, the biggest stage. If and when you win the game, you're through to the next round. Michael's gonna be in charge. Michael's I've got the utmost respect. He's I, I love Michael to bits. Becoming emotional now because he's top and um, nah. That's um, they'll be they'll be fine. I'll I'll watch them and support them. I feel right emotional today. I keep welling up. I think it's the hormones, Lewis, but I'm actually <laughs> welling up at this. I'm not even joking. Well, it was. It is quite sad. Like, you know, to, if you think about a club, you know, if Gerard came to Liverpool or Frank Lampard, as he did it, uh, you know, went to Chelsea. If you think of any club legend that went and got sacked in such a poor, it, it, after such a poor run of results and then did an open interview, which, by the way, never happens ever. No managers, once they're sacked, ever come out and say, with, with the club specifically, they might go into the press, but they, they won't turn around on a club TV website and say, this is how I feel. The fact he went and did that shows, actually, just how much, not only he loves Man United, but actually how much the job meant to him and, and getting the job meant to him. And to be fair, he did achieve some good stuff. You know, they actually, they did win some really important games. There were some really big results over his time. I think... His managerial reign will be viewed in a way of kind of an interim so that he was a man that effectively took a job on, um, was appointed kind of after a good set of results. And in the end, unfortunately, it didn't work out for him. But the big news at the moment, Hope, talking about what's going on with Man United. Is Can I just say going... quickly? Go on. Yeah, sorry. Go on. Sorry to bust in. No, no, but not at all. I think the problem that he faced was all the new people he brought in. I think maybe he would have had more success without buying the new players. Do you think so? Yeah, because I don't think the players gelled well. No, that is that is an interesting take. I don't, I don't think that's wrong. I think certainly the the problem hope to kind of lay it, it, sports dummies terms, very sports dummies terms. Man United have had a squad for a long time, and they've had holes in their team that have never been plucked. So they've like never... that cheese that has holes in. Exactly. This is the problem. Instead of buying the cheddar, they buy the most beautiful, eloquent, well like oiled. You know, nice and tasty. Crumbly in your mouthy. Yeah, warm, all that stuff. But the truth of the matter is that that doesn't solve the problems they've got. And they have a lot of issues with a couple of different positions. Like they've been crying out for literally years. I'm talking over five years. They've needed a central midfielder to run the park. And they've never done that. And they've needed a defender in that team from about 2015 that has been able to solidify their defence and stamp down exactly what Manchester United means. And they haven't done that. And they've filled the gaps with these nice big names, but actually no one has ever come in. And they have this season, to be fair. You know, they brought in Raphael Varane. He's a centre-back, fantastic defender, but he's injured. So that's another example. I've got better example than cheese. It's like when you have a mouldy wall and you paint over your mouldy wall because it's damp, yes. but the damp keeps coming through because you need to solve the damp rather than painting over it. 
Exactly. Boom. And, and the fact is, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was never going to actually solve those moldy bits in the wall. He was going to come in he, and he, penced, he, you know, he painted nice colours. He did a lot for them. He did well. You know, he, there were lots of good things he did for them. But that point in the middle, the small crack that was still there, the small bit in the hole, oh, the, the hole to, in the wall. Oh, we're bloody hell. We've gone from, we've gone from cheese to mould <laughs> to cracks. Look, but it, this is sports Let's and dummies. Let's just stick with one metaphor, Lewis. Sorry. This is what sports and dummies is all about. That We're bringing the metaphors to the team. This is how we do it on this show. Anyway, enough of the metaphors. The point is, unfortunately for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, his job and his reign is now done. So it looks as if Manchester United, which is going to get quite a bit confusing, Hope. I'm going to try and explain it in the most basic terms possible. So Ole Gunnar Solskjaer effectively came in as an interim boss. So he was appointed as a manager to manage Manchester United for a little bit. So he came in on like a temporary basis, then got the job full time. So there was lots of talk saying United were going to appoint someone after him. He then signed a long-term deal. So Ole Gunnar Solskjaer signed a deal and was then contracted to Manchester United for the foreseeable future. Obviously, that's now been cut short because he's been sacked. So by the sounds hope, various outlets, sources, news sites have said that the main aim of Manchester United is to appoint a massive boss. So someone that will come in and will boss, haha, boss, no pun intended, the dressing room. So someone like Maurizio Pochettino, that's the name we're going to talk about in just a second, ex-Spurs manager. So there was lots of talk saying that Manchester United's first appointment, so their number one choice they wanted, the number one manager they wanted, is Maurizio Pochettino. He's currently at Paris Saint-Germain and he's contracted until the end of 2023. So he's effectively got... That's a long time left. Yeah, Klopp's contracted till 2024. So, you know, managers... Yeah, so managers do get... Managers do get long contracts. So Pochettino was the number one choice for United. And he was certainly someone that would come in and I think would establish rules and settings in the dressing room and would keep characters at bay, like Ronaldo, like Bruno, people that are maybe you could describe as hot-headed that need to be kind of not necessarily knocked down a few pegs, but at least levelled with the manager and don't run don't run. Calm your bloody self down. Exactly. The the current talk was, as I said, was that they were hoping to appoint Pochettino, but he has announced he's happy at Paris Saint-Germain. He's acknowledged the fact that United wanted him. He knows Manchester United were interested, absolutely. But he said for the time being, for the remaining future, he's staying at PSG, end of. So it looks as if Man United are going to appoint a interim boss. So currently, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer gets sacked and they take on Michael Carrick, who is part of the back, like the, the coaching staff. So he's now the manager, in inverted commas, for those that are listening. So they won on Tuesday night 2-0 against Villarreal and that sent them through to the last 16 in the Champions League as group winners. So according to various sources, Manchester United have contacted former boss Ernesto Valverde about the role as interim manager. So what that will mean is United might try and appoint somebody, say, on a year and a half deal. So they'll be hoping that he can get them to the end of this season and then the next. And that will mean by the time his contract is done, Pochettino will be free. They can appoint Pochettino. Happy days. I can already predict what's going to happen here. That guy is going to be temporary. And then they're going to say, actually, we'll give you the job like we gave Ollie the job. And then it will be rubbish again. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. In in fairness, though, Ernesto Valverde, Hope, is actually a good manager. He's one of several potential... Yeah, but they thought Oli was a good manager. Ah, but this was slightly different, though, because he this guy's actually proven. So the only thing about Ernesto Valverde is he's won things. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, in his career, had won nothing as a manager. This man has won two. <laughs> he's won two Spanish titles. and He won the Copa del Rey, which is kind of one of the main trophies in uh, one of the main cups in Spain. 
he was sacked in January 2020. So he's been out of work since then. He's kind of not taking any jobs, kind of, I don't know where he's been. I'm not really sure. Spanish Spanish media hasn't really said anything on that. I'm sure he's probably been eyeing up potential jobs. And obviously this one looks like it could be a potential a potential option for him. There are some other names in the ring as well for the United jobs. So we'll have to wait and see. But it is very interesting what United do next. Can they manage to lure Pochettino in? They actually lost last night, PSG. And the irony was hope they were playing Manchester City. And Lewis, our final story of this episode. Before we start that, I just want to acknowledge something very, very important. Oh, gosh, go on. No, 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 not at all. Because I know we've wrapped up the Champions League quite well. Of course, we've said Manchester Manchester City beat PSG. We'll quickly just mention, though, for all Liverpool fans listening as well, not, and this is not, it's still wearing the neutral cap, but obviously Liverpool maintained their 100% record in the Champions League last night. 2-0, 2-0 win, great win. Did you see Thiago's goal, Hope? Do you know what's really sad? We don't have BT. So... Me and my dad were here because my mum went out for dinner last night and left us to fend for ourselves. And um, <laughs> that sounds really bad. It does. We can cook. Dad cooked curry. Anyway, um, dad was like, oh, we could go to the pub and watch it, but meh. So we didn't go. But basically, my brother-in-law needs to give us his BT password because it's not on. Hope you can catch all of the highlights on Twitter and on YouTube after the game. So if you want to watch them, do. Tiago, I'm just saying this for everyone listening as well, because there's been a lot of Tiago hate over the last couple of weeks and months. Tiago scored Hope, one of the most beautiful goals I've ever seen in my life. And every time you watch it, it gets better. I've literally watched it. I, I woke up this morning at 8.17. I watched it 10 times in a row. And literally, the finesse technique that was required, oh, my flipping days. Unbelievable. So... To round that off, Liverpool, huge win. Manchester City, huge win. Both advanced to the next round. All four English clubs are now through, effectively. Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City and Man United. So the round of 16 looms for all English teams. Right, Lewis, I know I said let's go for our last story, but we weren't done with the Champions League. Are we now ready? We're now ready. Hope. Right, I have to, I have to know these things, honestly. <laughs> I'll get too excited. I know. We're like, you know, we're like kids at Christmas. We're absolutely having a blast. The last story, Hope, we're kind of tying in a bit of social You're media. so sweet. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thanks. We're having a blast. I love it. Carry okay, on. Right. Sorry. No, no. Sorry. We're tying in Christmas. What the flip am I talking about? I just said, no. We're t- <laughs> no. We're, what? We're tying in. All right, I'm absolutely waffling now. Brilliant. We're tying in social media. Sorry. Social media with sports. And we're talking about... <laughs> he's still laughing. <laughs> sorry, everyone. That wasn't intentional. I really did not mean to do that. We are talking about... Twitch. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Oh, we're talking about Twitter Spaces. Yes. Right. Have you heard of Twitter Spaces, Hope? I have. I heard about this guy who done this thing where it's like dialect singing. Right. So this is... Ex- did, I ruin, did I just ruin your story? You've hit the... On the head. So we're talking about a trend which is called Sing Your Dialect. Now, this is run on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays and Sundays from 7pm. And on Monday night, over 150,000 people joined this play, this platform on Twitter. So for anyone listening that doesn't know Twitter, it literally is like a free Zoom call. So you don't, you can't speak. You have to request to speak, but you sit in silence with your audio. So it's all audio only. And it's like a phone call, effectively. Jacob McLaughlin, he has set up a virtual karaoke party on Twitter. And so what you do is you join and you request to sing and you will sing a song. And it is absolutely 
hilarious. I mean, genuinely bonkers. Thousands of people last night, including goalkeeper, Arsenal goalkeeper Aaron Ramsdale, West Ham midfielder Declan Rice, the YouTuber KSI, Burger King, McDonald's, Nando's, literally any famous you can per- famous person you can think of was on the thing. I joined on Tuesday night and I got to listen to Declan Rice rap Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> How are you, Declan? I'm not too bad, mate. How are you? You good? Bit stressed, but I'm living the dream. Listen, mate. I'm buzzing for this, let me tell you. Two and nights in a row, I've been listening in. I'm absolutely buzzing. Take it away. Just dropping in. Here we go. Let's kick it. Ready? Rice, rice, baby. Rice, rice, baby. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Rice is back with a brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it never stop, yo? I don't know. Turn off the lights and, and I'll glow. To the extreme, I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up the stage and wax a chump like a candle. Rush to speak to their booms. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom. Deadly. <laughs> now, I the joke hope is that Declan Rice's song, of course, is Rice, Rice, Baby. He rapped, what, 45, 50 seconds of it? was absolutely sublime. I mean, he he was fantastic. It was absolutely legendary. What's your favourite or what's your go-to karaoke song, Lewis? Because I love karaoke. It's like, if I had a choice of a night out, it would be karaoke. Really? Interesting. I love I... it. I love it. Well, I love being centre of attention, you see, so. <laughs> well, I mean, look, at least you're honest. The truth is, Hope, I don't know, only because... It depends on the genre, because I think karaoke is very specific to the genre, and it depends on what the mood is. If I had to go to one song that I know every single word to... Don't say Wonderwall. Gangster's Paradise Coolio. Ah! Give us a little bit of a well. Go on. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realise there's nothing, nothing left. left. But I'm going to have to save it because if I make it on Jacob's uh, Jacob's Twitter spaces, I want to save all the full shebang for then. What would yours be? Oh, it's hard. I always go for Lily Allen because I know all the words, but actually she's yeah. really hard to sing. I can also sing um, all the words to Eminem, Lose Yourself. Oh, um, wow. I can also sing all the words to American Boy Estelle. Oh, tune. This could be very embarrassing for me right she's now. She's bopping. She's, she's ready. If you had mm. one shot, one opportunity, would you need everything you ever wanted? Would you capture it? <laughs> or let it slip? Ready? His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy, there's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd, oh so loud, he opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's choking now, everybody's choking now, the clock's run out, time's up, over. Step back to reality, oh, there goes gravity, oh. There you go. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, let's go. That is the perfect way to run off this episode. Everybody, thank you for listening to our Sports Alumni's episode six and for our wrapping collection there. That is mine and Hope's episode done. If you would like to get in contact with us, please do at dummies underscore sports on Twitter. We now have an Instagram too. Please follow us. And our TikTok. Yes, and our TikTok. Follow us on all social media. We'll post them in the link below. Lewis, I hope your day is okay with the COVID household and... A joy as always. I feel full of energy now. Yes. My rap. I'm feeling, I'm buzzing. I'm ready to go get this work done. Let's I've do got it. shaky, shaky hands. <laughs>
All I can say is, what's cooler than being cool? Ah, it's cold. Hey! I had a right big self-doubt then. I was like, what? Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 